With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, once again, it is part two of the Curtain Call podcast. My name is Michael Beck. Joined as always by Jeffrey Benedict. Of course, that first half of our show uh, talked a lot about the draft, but in more kind of pressing news before we even get to the draft, and this show is going to be getting to tons of draft content as the weeks go on. But of course, Ben Roethlisberger, uh, he, he, the news of the week, really of all, uh, I shouldn't say all sports because there there are some some big news <laughs> going out there, but. Uh, when it comes to the Pittsburgh Steelers, at the very least, Ben Roethlisberger and Art Rooney both coming out and saying uh, they want to work together, and that's what it looks like is exactly what's going to have happen. So, Jeffrey, what are your thoughts on uh, – just your early thoughts on hearing that, that uh, we're going to get Ben for – I think this is his 18th season here in 2021. Well, none of the none of the stuff has surprised me. Um I have not been surprised yet because, in my view, I was like, until Art Rooney says, Art Rooney II says something about Ben moving on, I'm not going to believe it. The Rooneys have been ride or die with Ben Roethlisberger since they drafted him. And if you read Art Rooney's comments again, he's still on that train. They are still there. Um, I've told you this before, uh, not on the show, but I, I honestly think that they look at it and say, if Ben Roethlisberger plays in another uniform, then no, we've, we've failed something. Like Ben Roethlisberger to them is a guy that should play every single snap of his career as a Pittsburgh Steeler. And imagine if like something crazy happened, let's say, uh, you know, the Ben Roethlisberger, they cut him, he signed with another team and then say like, he he's, he's not playing well there. And you know, someone gets hurt. Let's say Tom Brady gets hurt in Tampa Bay and they swing a trade for Ben Roethlisberger early in the season and he wins a Super Bowl with Bruce Arians. Something crazy stupid like that happens. The Steelers would never forgive themselves. Like they would never get over that. The Rooney's would be like, that should he should have retired a Steeler. Uh, so I think they're going to make it happen. Uh, the, mo- the, the interesting thing to me uh, was his agent's comments. His agent, the way the comments his agent made, everyone was like, yeah, Ben's dedicated to being here. What I picked up from that is his agent, the way he said it was, Ben is committed to being here and to reworking his contract into a way that the salary, like the, the that fits the salary cap structure, did not sound anything like he was saying Ben's willing to take less money. That's what I got out of this week's news. I'm not surprised Ben's sticking around. I expected that. I'm not surprised the Steelers want him. I expect that from the owner. Uh, but I, I am interested to see what this contract comes out as when they rework it. As am I. Now, do you expect there to be voidable years where 2021 is essentially the last year of the deal? Or do you expect there to be more playable years added onto the deal? I expect there to be playable years. I don't I don't expect the Steelers to do the voidable years thing. That's 
that's I, I don't know i don't like it it's like i don't think they've ever done it either yeah you you give like drew Brees had that contract it was a five-year contract that was only three years and two voidable years just so they could push his signing bonus even farther back and then when he played again they had to push it again and he has like he has like two signing bonuses overlapping next this coming season in dead money like he's not even going to play. They just they just signed a deal so he could retire and spread it out even farther. So like two years from now, they're still going to have Drew Brees on their cap, like because of void years. That's just dumb to me. Yeah, uh, this really is one of those situations where it's like I don't really know exactly what to think until. The paperwork has been signed, but your initial thoughts on this are, are you happy that Ben Roethlisberger is going to be back for another year or, or were you kind of someone that was hoping that they might try to do something different uh, moving into the future? I am always a person that firmly believes you are never as good as your best moments and you are never as bad as your worst. And Ben Roethlisberger is still a good quarterback. Uh, you look at the majority of his season was really good. He's a little bit older. You know, there's some things you have to do to help him, but I am excited to have Ben Roethlisberger back again. I, I am glad he's not ending his career with that loss to Cleveland. Uh, that he deserves better than that. Now, what are your thoughts of the reports that there was a camp within the Steelers organization that didn't want Ben Roethlisberger uh, with still on the team, and they wanted perhaps uh, to move in a different direction? Now, with that, it could be someone like general Mad manager Kevin Colbert, but l like we've talked about, Art Rooney is the man that uh, he signs the check. So he makes the final decision if he wants to make a decision on things. So w what are your thoughts on people on the inside saying that they, they think they want to move on from uh, Ben Roethlisberger? You always have coaches that want to put their stamp on a team. You always have that. And I can especially see it. I don't think... Matt Canada is the kind of guy who would be like, I don't want Ben Roethlisberger back. I'm the offensive coordinator. Like, I don't want him back. I don't see that in his, you know, his character and what we've seen of him at all. But I could see someone else looking at that situation and saying, you know what? Maybe we want something different. Like, I know uh, Kevin Smith, who does a lot of film work, does a lot of stuff for us. He He's a Ben Roethlisberger fan who looks at, Matt Canada's offense and says, you know, maybe it's time to move on from Ben simply because he doesn't fit Matt Canada's best offenses. He just doesn't really fit it. Well, you're going to have to work around that for a year or two. You know, it, it'll be fine. I, the only the only way that would bother me is if, like, they fire Canada after one year because Ben Roethlisberger doesn't like his offense. That would be stupid. Uh, but I think they can make it work. I could see how someone could look at the situation and say, maybe we should move on from Ben. It would be for the best, but I think they're wrong. Like, I just, you're just wrong. He's still good. Experience still matters. He's got that brain. He still has an arm. He can still throw the ball. Let him play. Now, I had an article come out on uh, Behind the Steel Curtain uh, today on really saying the Steelers should be aggressive in making a move uh, as early as this year to find their next quarterback. Uh, that being a, a trade-up uh, in the first round. Um, I know Brooke Pryor of ESPN said she thinks the Steelers should take someone in the middle round uh, to try to fill that void moving into the future. And one of the things we know for sure 
about 2022, two seasons from now. So Steelers currently don't have any quarterbacks under contract to that point. Do you think the Steelers should be looking at someone to replace Ben Roethlisberger as early as this season, or is that completely out of the question? I think they've done that. I mean, they signed Landry Jones a long time ago to be like kind of a developmental backup. And when they signed Mason Rudolph, that was a guy they said, hey, you know, he's got talent. He just needs to develop. And we're seeing it. We're seeing him play better. So to me, I think I think the pecking order is Ben and then Mason. Uh, I know the Steelers said if Ben retired, they were going to add to the quarterback room. But I think that's a situation where you would see them go out and pay a veteran to come in and be like, well, maybe Mason's not ready now. And, man, you know, and he needs some veteran leadership in the room. I don't think that's a, a sign that they were going to go out and draft somebody. I don't. I don't think that. I think you're you're more looking at a veteran quarterback coming in, uh, into the room in that situation, kind of like they did when Michael Vick came when Ben got hurt and they signed Michael Vick, you know, because they didn't want to put Landry Jones in there, and then Landry Jones outplayed Michael Vick. So I, I think it would be kind of in that situation more than a you know they're going to draft someone new and 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 go fully on. I think Mason Rudolph is your next Steelers quarterback after Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, for the people that are mad at me in the chat that uh, Dwayne Haskins is uh, under under control is the, the verbiage uh, in 2022 as a restricted free agent. That's true. Uh, the Steelers do have his control, but they don't have any paperwork signed. Uh, Dwayne Haskins right now is basically a camp arm until he can prove that he's an NFL passer. So uh, I, I would slow slow the Dwayne Haskins uh, hype a, a little bit right now. At the end of the day, he is a veteran minimum player that was uh, part of four names in a press release that didn't even get his own graphic. So uh, I, I don't think the Steelers are extremely high on, on, on that move. Uh, and I think it's basically the same situation what they did with Paxton Lynch. Um, so, Jeffrey, uh, in that sense, uh, I'm curious what you think – should the Steelers still bring in one more person with, with those three guys already here? Not necessarily to compete for a starting job, but at the very least to be a, an arm in training camp. If they bring in a fourth, uh, Josh Dobbs is out there. You know, that's that's kind of my mindset. Ben's going to want him back again. Uh, so I think, I, I think that's the kind of thing where, yeah, you, you've got a Josh Dobbs out there. You can just go grab. To me, Mason's as good as any backup in the league. Mason is as good as any backup quarterback in the NFL. So he's your guy. He's your backup. Uh, you've got Haskins as kind of the, like you said, the Paxton Lynch reclamation slash development project. And if you need someone else, bring in bring in a guy that, that Ben knows and Ben trusts and can, you know, talk to him in the film room and 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 speak to speak to Ben and really communicate with him with what they're seeing. Charlie Batch, here we go, running it back. <laughs> yeah, that Charlie was great in that role. Um, with Mason Rudolph, though, say Ben Roethlisberger does retire at the end of this season. This is his one last run. What could a contract look like, just roughly? Do you think he's someone that should command that lower starter money, like a, a $15 million season, or uh, per season, I should say, or is he still not... We're, like I know some people will freak out at that number, but uh, we, we've seen guys like Jacoby Brissett uh, make exactly that with the Indianapolis Colts when he was first handed over the, the keys to that offense. Uh, and, and that was a couple years ago. Now, do you foresee a, a deal like that to Mason or 
if he doesn't play a snap this year, does he get anything more than another one-year deal? Or what do the Steelers do with Mason Rudolph at quarterback if Ben's not back next year? If Ben plays this whole season and he's not back next year, uh, is Mason Mason's not going to be a restricted free agent, is he? He's going to be unrestricted. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you'd have to make him an offer. You'd almost have to. You can't. You can't go into the next season with nothing. So, mm, man, money wise though, see, Brissett, Brissett got a lot of money because of the Patriots. You know, he he was in that whole crew. There, people were just like, oh, the, you know, Bill Ben, Bill Belichick, and Tom Brady touched this guy at some points. Yeah. Like they both probably touched him. So uh, let's sign that guy and let's pay him a bunch of money. Um, same with Jimmy G. Jimmy G's a good starting quarterback. He's not worth at all what they signed him to. Uh, so for me, Mason, the way quarterback money is now, man, in 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 twenty twenty two, for goodness sakes, Mason, like uh, fifteen million could be like nothing quarterback wise. For that, that could be like a, that could be Devlin Hodges money. For all we know, you know what I'm saying? Like like the the cap's gonna go up and it's gonna get crazy. Uh, Talking with talking with last year's economy, I'd say he's probably a ten to twelve million contract. I don't know where it's going to be in twenty twenty two. It's it's going to be crazy land. Oh, I could just hear the fan base melt if that's the deal they sign him to. But that's what a quarterback's going for. So I'm sorry to break it to you. If someone's a starting quarterback, they're entering a season as a starting quarterback. They know the offense. They got a lot of leverage, especially with the Steelers currently not having anyone signed to a deal in 2022 Mason Rudolph would have a ton of leverage and could make a, a decent amount of coin. Yeah. Them throwing like an original round tender on Dwayne Haskins. Isn't going to, isn't going to solve, isn't going to solve their issues. No, exactly. Now in this sense with Ben Roethlisberger coming back and uh, him doing his thing, uh, you see it a lot, especially within the Pittsburgh media um, suggesting that this team's just spinning their tires uh, perhaps instead of being a, a team that would have went like six and ten, now they're back up to like a nine and seven team. Just for example, uh, do you buy into that at all? That the Steelers are spinning their tires, and is there any worry that uh, they could just be in that kind of eight and eight purgatory for the next couple of seasons? No, not at all. I mean, this team went eight and eight with Devlin Hodges and Mason Rudolph. Uh, that defense is not falling apart. Like they're not, they might drop off a bit even, but I doubt that. Uh, if Devin Bush is healthy, they're going to be phenomenal. So, no, no, absolutely not. Before the, I mean, the Steelers were eight and six or eight and five. They were eight and five. Uh, and Ben Roethlisberger was 0 and two. With Mason Rudolph and Devlin Hodges, the, the Steelers went eight and three before you get those last three games of the season where, where Buffalo really exposed Hodges. And everyone followed suit after that. Like Devlin Hodges was not an NFL quarterback, and the Steelers were eight and three with him and Mason Rudolph, who is better now than he was then. Steelers are not going to be a team that just falls apart. For goodness sakes, this this franchise put Tommy Maddox in the playoffs. This franchise put, you know, Mike Tomzak in the playoffs. They can do it with Mason Rudolph. They can do it with guys, they can do this with whoever. Like they, they can win with whoever. Why do you think the media is so negative towards Ben Roethlisberger? Man, we're going to dig up some old stuff with that. It goes all the way back to that motorcycle helmet. That's the biggie. Everyone 
like, but you also have his first two seasons, like his quarter, like uh, ESPN's QBR, which was basically invented to be like, we need something that shows that Ben Roethlisberger is not a better quarterback than Tom Brady. Because passer rating was saying, you know, quarterback rating itself was saying Ben Roethlisberger is up there with like Peyton Manning and and better than these guys, and he's better than Tom Brady. So they invented QBR to be like, yeah, this kid takes too many sacks; he doesn't throw the ball away. We need to, you know, there's there's factors in there that were were brought in simply to say, whoa, chill on this whole Ben Roethlisberger kid. And then he wrecks a motorcycle with no helmet, and everyone's like, how dumb is this kid? How dumb and selfish is this young man? And then you have the allegations, you know, Arizona, you have Georgia. He's winning Super Bowls, but at the same time, he always has something there that's saying, whoa, okay, we don't want to praise this guy too much. You know, we don't want to like this guy. And then he he often comes across kind of like a douchebag. You know, like he just comes across as that dude. He's like, he's not good with the media. And he he... Sometimes he tries. I think sometimes he just tries too hard to say the right things, and it comes across really bad. Uh, it comes across like very disingenuous and kind of like snarky and and passive aggressive. So it just he's that guy, you know. And as a kid and as a young guy, he he got a little entitled and wasn't wasn't a leadership. So you had guys like Heinz Ward calling him out, and I would say rightfully, Heinz Ward was in a position to call him out. And if he doesn't listen when you call him out on the team, call him out in public. That's what you do. You you it's a it's a problem that had to be fixed. You know, when Ben Roethlisberger isn't taking a leadership role on the team, even though he's your Super Bowl winning quarterback, you got to fix that. You can't just let that go or you're going to end up with, you know, complete dysfunction on your organization and in your team. And he responded. He became a better leader, but you know, he's just that guy. And and he's got enough water under the bridge that there's people that are never going to like him. And he's he's not there's a lot of people in, in Steelers Nation that have a hard time liking Ben Roethlisberger because of his history, uh, because of how he comes across. And so it's just, to me, it's it's just always going to be that way. His personality plays into it. Uh, mistakes he's made in the past. There's so many things that come into play where people have just for a long time been looking at Ben Roethlisberger and saying, no, he's not that guy. He's not this He's not the face of the NFL. He's not, you know, one of these elite quarterbacks. He's not one of the guys we want to promote in commercials. You're not putting Ben Roethlisberger in, you know, the Peyton Manning commercials where he's kind of poking fun at himself. You're not going to put him in those. It's not going to work. So that's my view of Ben Roethlisberger. It's just not, he's not that guy. He's not media friendly. He's not television savvy. And he's made choices in the past that are hard to like. Yeah. Ben Roethlisberger, he's not the the guy with the GQ Tom Brady look or uh, that uber charisma that Peyton Manning has that he could uh, host SNL however many times he did and all those award shows and commercials, et cetera, et cetera. Peyton Manning, (laughs) like 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 him or not as a football player, you cannot deny his charisma, but... Uh, there's so many, so many factors of these other great quarterbacks, like the generosity of Drew Brees, and like it just kind of goes on and on. Uh, when it comes to Ben Roethlisberger, it seems like all his off the field stuff has been basically purely negative, and it, I think that is a factor that that will probably haunt his legacy to a degree. But one of my questions to you is whether or not you think his career outside of football might hurt his chance of being a first ballot Hall of Famer. And one of the reasons why I do 
bring this up is someone like Peter King didn't want to vote, vote for Troy Polamalu because he thought Troy Polamalu was going to get in anyway. But then a year later, he votes for Peyton Manning to get in. So it's like, seems to be a little bit of a du- double standard with some of these voters. A, a lot of voters do just, p- for petty reasons, don't vote for players. Like Terrell Owens, for example, wasn't a first ballot guy because too many uh, of the people with votes said he's too much of a diva uh, and hurt his team. Do you think that there could be reason to believe where, why Ben Roethlisberger might not be a first ballot guy? I don't think he will be. And I think specifically for that, people don't like him. And they're not going to want to vote him in. They're not going to want to put him in that top tier. They never have wanted to have him be that face of the NFL, you know, player of the generation type of role. They never want him in that role because of his off the field stuff. Now, I do want to give credit here. If you remember back, I don't know how many people remember this. It stood out to me big at the time. Uh, when Ben Roethlisberger had that second accusation come in the Steelers, there was talk that the Steelers might get rid of him. He met and was mentored by a, a lot of different people, but one of them was Ray Lewis. Ray Lewis was one of them. And if you remember, Ray Lewis had that run in that threatened to derail his entire career where he was, you know, you know, murder investigation here. And Ray Lewis was just outside of that and kind of involved in like, were you a part of this is a serious question that was involved there. Um, After that happened and he weathered that, the only things you ever heard about Ray Lewis was his team and his charity work. That's it. Ben Roethlisberger did the same thing. All you heard about Ben Roethlisberger was all the him saying the right things about the team, playing football, and then you'd hear about you know police dogs, Ben Roethlisberger and police dogs. That lasted until Antonio Brown and him, like both kind of blew up that relationship. I put a lot of that on Ben. I honestly, the public part of it, I think, I think there were problems behind the scenes before then, but Ben really was just. I think he pushed the buttons to say, hey, you know what? I'm not, I'm tired of putting up with this. And he's not helping the team enough. Like this has become a problem. So I'm going to, I'm just going to poke him and blow it up so that they have to deal with him. And he did. It worked. They, they had to get rid of Antonio Brown and it probably has worked to the Steelers' benefit. I don't know. But uh, to me, yeah. Yeah. Ben Roethlisberger, I don't know. I don't, I don't think he's a first ballot. Yeah, I think that's something that might require a deep dive, uh, especially, I, I guess, especially when we see who retires next year. Of course, Frank Gore, Larry Fitzgerald, uh, two guys that are, it appears like both want to come back for another season. Those those are two outstanding citizens, and you, you can absolutely count on Larry Fitzgerald being a first ballot guy. I, I would say absolutely. Frank Gore, even though he's been yeah. quiet, he's absolutely deserving as well, and Thankfully, Philip Rivers, Drew Brees going out this year. Uh, f- so five years from now, there's uh, another two. So it really depends on who else retires. And who knows, what if Tampa Bay somehow won another Super Bowl and Tom Brady decides to hang them up? Then all of a sudden, you can easily see a world where Ben Roethlisberger doesn't get in as a first ballot guy. Yeah, if Tom Brady and, and Ben Roethlisberger retire in the same year, they're not going to put another quarterback in in the same season they put Tom Brady in. Yeah, they're not going to do it. it. There's going to be that's going to be an interesting season because you have those years where like like they do something special where they want it to be kind of special and I could see Tom Brady's class being one of those classes where they're like we don't really want to vote in anyone else 
like this is one of those things you can see where like they're co- the Hall of Fame class is Tom Brady, and like no other, maybe a veteran player, maybe like a, a contributor, but not like peers of his, unless they're really like if him and Larry Fitzgerald retired, they put them both in. But you know, if they're not a clear cut first ballot Hall of Famer, they might not get in that year just because they don't want to put you in the class with Tom Brady. Uh, you know, I know Steeler fans will hate it, and like. So what? But Tom Brady, seven rings currently, he's going to hold every passing record by a lot by the time he hangs his cleats up. They might even waive that five-year period for him. Like, I think something special is required for him. He's been in the thorn, a thorn in our side for so many years, but I think Tom Brady probably gets something special. Now, one of the things I want to bring up here is uh, Kenneth McNair Jr. saying Frank Gore is not a Hall of Famer. That's a pretty bold take. Uh, Frank Gore, if I'm not mistaken, is either the second or third leading rusher in the history of the National Football League. No running back has played more games of professional football than Frank Gore. Frank Gore is arguably one of the best running backs of the past 20 years. The thing is, he just doesn't talk. He's never talked. He's never been in the media. They don't talk about Frank Gore, but he's the model of consistency. I know it's not on Steelers' topic, but Jeffrey, what do you think about a take like that? I think Frank Gore is absolutely a Hall of Famer. I mean, he. there are the people who will say he was never the top player. He was never one of the top players. But he was. he has spent so long in that top, you know, two tiers of NFL talent at running back. Uh, he has, I just looked up, he has five Pro Bowls. There's a lot of running backs that don't get that many. You know, there's, there's a lot. How many, I don't know, I'd have, to, I'd have to look it up, but how many Pro Bowls did Jerome Bettis get? You know, like, Frank Gore is on that level. Uh, but he also happened to have played more than anyone else and has insane yardage gathered. And when you consider where he ranks all time and the guy who's number one on that, the teams that guy played for, Emmett Smith. Uh, Frank Gore, to me, is an Emmett Smith-level running back who just never was on a team, was never in a league, was never in an era where where he would look like an Emmett Smith. But Frank Gore was that kind of player. He was that level of player. Yeah. Uh, I, I just find it hard to believe uh, a world where Frank Gore doesn't eventually end up in the Hall of Fame, and I, I could definitely see him. Ending up as a first ballot guy, I believe over 15,000 rushing yards, just absolutely ridiculous numbers. Uh, and he's done it on some historically bad teams too. He, he was through it through the 49ers uh, downslide and then bounce back in uh, Indianapolis uh, with uh, Andrew Luck. Uh, a few good years there. Then New York in their terrible season a year ago, he, he was still one of the only reasons they had any production whatsoever. So, potentially uh, Frank Gore. Who knows where he ends up this uh, this final year that it appears to be for him. I, I know he's leaning towards going back to San Francisco for one more year. Could, could be a nice little story for him to wind his career down there. But as we are getting to the end of our show here, is, is there any other thoughts you want to share on Ben Roethlisberger and uh, his situation with the team and uh, where that might move forward from here? Uh, a couple things I want to talk about with him really quick. Uh, I see a lot of Browns fans being like, yes, Ben Roethlisberger's back. The Steelers are going to suck. And when I think about that, I, I just want to point this out, that the uh, Ben Roethlisberger played in two games against the Cleveland Browns this season. And in those games, the Steelers scored 38 points 
and 37 points. So, you know, yeah, he had some bad games in there, but if you're a Cleveland fan, don't be excited that Ben Roethlisberger's back. Don't don't make that mistake. And for Steelers fans that are doubting him, seriously, this offense, when they were healthy enough that they were only down one or like two offensive linemen, uh, they they scored 30 points a game. When If you take out the games that J.C. Hassenhauer was forced to play, I'm, I, I don't want to rip on this guy because he's a young kid. You know, he makes the roster. He's a developmental center kind of guy, hard worker. Everything about him says, you know, this is the kind of guy you want on your team. But right now, he's a, he wasn't ready to be thrown into the situation he was thrown in. He was thrown in as a starter next to an injured David DeCastro who was playing hurt and struggling and asked to anchor the line like Marquise Pouncey was. And he wasn't up to it. Like he just, you're not up to that. This is his first NFL action and he's playing against, you know, he played against two guys he started that were way better than him in Alabama on his own team in Washington and they destroyed him. They absolutely were just like, hey buddy, I remember you. Like, how you doing? We're, we're going to take your lunch money today. And they did. Like, but if you take those games, when J.C. Hassenhauer played, the Steelers scored 18 points a game. If you just look at Ben Roethlisberger and J.C. Hassenauer, it drops to 17 points a game. When J.C. Hassenauer didn't play at least 25% of snaps, the Steelers scored 30 points a game. Like, they had the Todd Haley offense. They had Todd Haley never could have with old Ben Roethlisberger, old washed-up Ben Roethlisberger. You want to see him play late in the season with a healthy offensive line? Look at the Indianapolis game. Look at the second half of that game. He still has it. He just isn't the guy that can win without an offensive line. And people are like, oh, then if he can't do that, then he should quit. Well, then Patrick Mahomes should quit, right? If Ben Roethlisberger should quit playing football because he can't win with an offensive line that is failing him, then Patrick Mahomes should quit because he also didn't. And how about last year, Tom Brady, 2019 Tom Brady? Tom Brady should hang it up. His offensive line failed him, and guess what? He got beat up, and he stunk for some of those games. So, Steeler fans, if you're sitting here saying Ben Roethlisberger is washed up, he needs to hang it up, I'm sorry to tell you this, but you're wrong. You're just wrong. The offensive line absolutely fell apart. And he still, until it got bad enough that that, that J.C. Hassenhauer was playing, they were good. So Ben Roethlisberger, one more year. We're going to be okay. We're going to be good. Yeah. Uh, there's some bad takes uh, filling the chat here, so I'm going to take my eyes <laughs> off that. But Just Me puts $5 in the tip jar, uh, throws this uh, out to us as uh, our show's coming to a close. But she asks, who is your first-round pick? Jeffrey, I'll let you start off with that. Uh, best offensive tackle. That's that's my first round pick is just grab that offensive tackle. I think that's a position that they really, really need to invest big in. Uh, but if I have to pick a player, you know, it's it's a uh, it's Christian Barmore from Alabama. I love that guy. I love it. Maybe it's just COVID, and you know, I'd really like to bar more, uh, but I, I can't go out much. So I don't know. That was a bad joke. That was was bad. I've heard it twice, so (laughs) the reaction wasn't as big the second time. But 
Oh, for, for me, uh, it, it depends who's there. Um, if Darisaw is available, I, I would love that. That would be a huge win. That's probably the third best tackle of the draft. And he, he's a really good one at that. That would be huge if he were to slip. Uh, I, I, I got a feeling the Steelers are very, very high on, on Najee Harris, especially with the Dolphins' uh, apparent mutual interest with Aaron Jones. Uh, if that's where he winds up, I could see, uh, I could definitely see a world where the Steelers go running back in round one, regardless of how we feel about it. I could see it going that way. But Jeffrey, as we're uh, heading out here, um, what do you got going on? I, I know you had a vertex just come out, but what can uh, fans expect from you? Yeah, I just had a vertex on Steven Nelson uh, come out that, you know, he's, he's gotten some flack because advanced stats said with air quotes. Uh, say he wasn't as good this year, but he had a phenomenal season. Uh, so look for that. I wrote, co-wrote that with uh, Dave Schofield. Um, I've got a film room coming out later this week on Deontay Johnson in week seven uh, that's really going to go into Deontay Johnson and what I see on film, both the good and the bad uh, from him. And I'm also working on a series where I'm going to go through each position on the roster and look at what the Steelers have uh, what they need and what kind of players, not necessarily names. I'll probably give a name for each one, but not necessarily names, but more the kind of player you should look for the Steelers to possibly sign in either free agency or the draft uh, to fill holes in each roster spot. Awesome. Uh, I am definitely looking forward to that as well. Um, and then special uh, stuff on our show uh, as the weeks go on here, we're going to be bringing more guests, uh, more uh, along the lines of uh, Know Your Enemy back uh, during the season. So expect some guests uh, to kind of help us break down the draft, break down some prospects, and how that all kind of fits together with the Pittsburgh Steelers. So with all that said, make sure you're clicking over to the website. That is BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Make sure you're listening to all of our podcasts, uh, wherever you get your podcasts from or right here on YouTube or Facebook. So make sure you're subscribing, hitting five stars, hitting the like button, just doing whatever you can to support the show. So thank you so much for tuning in. We will see you guys next week.